right. I've been looking forward to this for months. I got to right. say, after following your Twitter account, uh, I'm just giddy about what, what could happen here. <laughs> Well, let's just jump right in and see what happens. Uh, right. Welcome to the very first episode of We Disagree. I'm Father Augustine Weta, a monk of St. Louis Abbey. And I am Umar Lee, a Muslim community activist. <laughs> so uh, what do a Muslim activist and a Catholic monk have in common? Uh, no, it's not a joke. It's a podcast. Uh, Umar and I met, actually, I think the last time I saw you, Umar, we were both standing in front of the statue of St. Louis. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> and we I was praying, I was praying that it would stay and you were praying that it would leave. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Thus far, your prayers have been answered. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, you know, I, I was thinking I'll swap you the uh, statue of St. Louis for if we if you'll give us the uh um the Hagia Sophia back <laughs> I don't know man we gotta we gotta bring in the eastern uh orthodox church for that one you know yeah, I, yeah, that's gonna be tough it's gonna I'm, be not, tough. I, I'm not sure they're happy with either of us yeah you gotta come you gotta come to us with the united house for that one <laughs> for the negotiations well, okay, so I drew up this uh, manifesto for our very first episode. Did you want to talk something about what you're hoping to get out of this, or uh, do you want me to just launch straight into it? Well, what I'm looking to get out of this is I think that our political dialogue and discourse in this country right now, and probably globally, is really uh, off course. Uh, it's really base. It's really... Um, uh, at a very low level of just yelling back and forth, name calling back and forth, posting memes back and forth, um, conspiracies rooted on both sides, kind of a disconnect from the process of learning uh, and facts. And I feel religious people, uh, Christians, Muslims, Jews, and perhaps others as well, uh, we have traditions uh, rooted uh, in the histories of our faith, rooted in the scriptures of our faith, that uh, can help us understand our role in this world and understand the issues in this world uh, better than Twitter can, better than Instagram can. And I feel our voices are often not um, looked upon within the mainstream society, within the media. I think most of the media, I think many in our culture today have a very negative view of the faithful. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, um, you know, so come, perhaps I'm coming from things from a different uh, angle than you're used to. And <laughs> the good father here as well. Be sure. Well, I was just going to say, not, it's not that there's anything wrong with Twitter or Instagram or 
any of these. In fact, I don't even have a problem with controversy and and. Well, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, obviously you don't. Uh, I did, but I do agree that there's that. That's only half of the story. I mean, I, I don't mind people being provocative. I, you've you've told some jokes that I found a little bit offensive, but I think that's okay. I, God yeah. knows when. When you're not around, I might have said one or two things that I wouldn't yeah. say in public either. So uh, I, it's not that those things aren't, don't have a place somewhere. I just I, I'd like to see two people with vastly different opinions have an intelligent discussion where it wasn't a debate, um, and and it, and it was I, we can have plenty. I mean, I, I wrote up this manifesto, as you know, and. Um, and I decided that the purpose of this podcast isn't to convert you, because <laughs> I have a feeling that wouldn't work anyway, uh, or to convince you necessarily, or to propagandize you, or to win. Because frankly, I've heard you debate PhDs and clean up the floor with them. So I don't dare even go that direction. So unlike other podcasts, where I think it's more entertainment oriented, uh, I think I'd like to see a podcast where we seek mutual understanding um, about these political, religious, social issues. Uh, that the point is the dialogue and not necessarily a winner or a loser. Well, let's talk a little bit about our backgrounds first. So okay. for, people, for people that don't know me, I'm from St. Louis. Um, I'm presently spending most of my time down here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, because of family obligations. Um, you know, I'm a guy, you know, fifth generation St. Louisan. I love St. Louis, big Cardinals fan, <laughs> Blues fan, love the history of St. Louis, love the people of St. Louis. Um, and, um, you know, for the last number of years, I've been a known activist in St. Louis with um, representing taxi drivers for, you know, the Ferguson uprising, you know, after the death of Mike Brown, uh, the movement to remove the Confederate monument in Forest Park, which we were successful on. Uh, the movement to remove, uh, you know, the Louis the Ninth statue in uh, Forest Park, many other things, active in the mayoral campaign of Tashara Jones, uh, campaign of Kim Gardner for circuit attorney. I mean, those outside of St. Louis may not know these people, but these are local uh, politicians. However, I don't come from the, uh, the modern movement. When you think of a lot of political activists today, uh, you think of the kind of the Bernie Sanders movement, the Bernie Kratz, uh, people on the far left of the political spectrum. Um, you know, my, I came from a pretty much blue collar labor Democratic family, North St. Louis County, you know, just kind of old traditional uh, blue collar Democrats. Um, and, you know, then I converted to Islam at 17. And the Muslim community was, was vastly different in the 1990s than it is today. Uh, much more conservative in the 1990s, much more insular in the 1990s. That's uh, much bad. By the way, uh, some issues good and some issues bad. It's, it's mm -hmm. kind of difficult to say good or bad, but uh, the community was definitely a lot warmer, a lot more welcoming at that time. In mm -hmm. post 9 11, you get this security climate where people are, you know, worried about informants and worried about bad actors, et cetera. That well, kind of stuff. I have a theory about St. Louisans that they don't really want to grow, that we'd rather just keep it quiet. And, and, yeah, and St. Louisans are kind of. Yeah, we're insular and we kind of are comfortable in our ways. Like if someone grew up in Dallas uh, and is my age, the city and the metro looks dramatically different. There are suburbs like McKinney and Frisco and Allen 
with over 200,000 people that basically were little farm towns 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, and there's a number of them throughout the area. There's new highways, there's new toll roads. You know, I could have left St. Louis as a teenager, which, which I did. I moved to, to Washington, D.C. area to study Islam and moved to New York City. Uh, and I came back and, you know, if I go to North County, it looks pretty much like it did when I grew up. You know, I mean, there's some closed stores closed. You know, the economy is, is not as good as it once was in North County, but it looks pretty much the same. I wouldn't get lost. You know. Let me ask you a provocative question, Umar. Yeah. This city, I, I've done a little bit of homework on your background, mm -hmm. and it seems to me that St. Louis has taken a lot from you. Mm -hmm. like your mom and your brother, I know, and I, you know, I don't want to bring up anything that mm -hmm. too sensitive, but I know you've talked about it in public a lot. Why yeah. do you love this place so much? I mean, a lot of people say that. So St. Louis is one of those places um, when you kind of grew up in the ecosystem that I did, and, and even within St. Louis, there's differences, right? So if you grew up in Ladue or West County, you have a different experience. But when you grew up like I did, and you had the experiences I had, and which you alluded to, you know, my mother being murdered, my brother-in-law being murdered, my nephew being murdered, and many, many other friends being murdered. Um, people would say, well, why would you want to have anything to do with this city? Why would you want to have anything to do with this place? You get out, stay out. Mm -hmm. And it's funny people say that because I remember living in Washington, like I lived a few stints in, in DC. Um, and I remember one of them, my mother drove up to visit. She like stayed like four or five hours and drove back. You know, she basically, you know, she came, had dinner with me, drove around a little bit. I was like, hey, do you want to see the Smithsonian? Do you want to see the monuments? No, I want to get back to St. Louis. You know, so, um, but she said she didn't want me to come back to St. Louis, even though my mother was 100% a St. Louis creature, 100%. You know, she could watch the news. If there was a shooting, she knew the shooter. She knew the victim. She knew both their families. You know, it was, my mother was 100% a St. Louis creature, but was very happy when I got out of St. Louis. And my four other siblings, well, one of them briefly left, but, you know, they're all four uh, in St. Louis. Um, I think there's something about St. Louis, like, you know, uh, if you're a creature of St. Louis, it calls you and you're, you're not quite at home anywhere else. Like I've lived in Brooklyn, New York City, and I loved living in New York. I love living in Queens. I mean, New York, you know, if I won a lottery, which I don't play, but let's <laughs> say I won, I'd buy a house in New York. I love New York, right? Uh, DC area, I never really felt at home. Like when I was living there, it was like a hub for Muslims. So I was studying with Islamic scholars, you know, Shikali Tamimi and Jeff Shikatris, et cetera. But I never felt culturally uh, at home in the DMV, in the DC metro area. But St. Louis is such a Christian town. You sort of mm. came back as a cultural foreigner in a way, if I may. Yeah, for sure. So. When you look at the Muslim community, you look at post 9-11 and pre-9-11. Pre-9-11, we were definitely in a bubble, right? Like didn't interact. Like we were, the Muslim community was small, but whether I was in St. Louis where we founded the mosque in Walnut Park, or whether and, uh, as students of Shepard Mohammed Basir, or whether I was in the Northern Virginia, which they had nicknamed Northern Virginia stand because there was so much going on Islamically, or whether I was in Brooklyn, I was really not interacting with non-Muslims all that often. So it was very insular. And kind of had, you had this 9-11, which totally changes the culture of the community, the way people behave with each other, you know, the, the way people interact with each other. Um, 
Well, I'll give you an example. So if, say if I was traveling in the 90s and I stopped in Wichita, Kansas or Buffalo, New York, just an example, right? And no one had ever seen me before. No one ever knew me. Uh, I'd go to the mosque and pray and someone I didn't know would invite me out to dinner and then say, hey, don't worry about a hotel. Just come to my house and you know, we'll spend the night. And there's a tradition. I'm not gonna lie, that would never happen in the Catholic Church. <laughs> right. Well, there's a tradition in Islam to give you three nights, right? To, to, you know, to take in the traveler for three nights. Right? Wow. That kind of stuff died after 9-11. People used to sleep in the yeah. mosque. They would travel and sleep in the mosque. You know, like let's say they had to go to St. Louis for a job interview. They just sleep at the mosque. Uh, that kind of stuff died after 9-11 because people were concerned twofold. Number one, is this person some kind of informant coming to spy on Muslims? Oh. Or number two, is this person a bad actor who may be engaged in something negative and therefore, if we housed them, then you know, it would negatively impact us. So that kind of, what you saw is people basically start dealing more within their ethnic group, within their families, because there were, you know, th th that trust had gone. Also the kind of staunch theological conservatism of which I was educated in, in the Salafi movement in the nineties, started to decline in popularity because, I mean, infighting was happening for sure. And so I think it was going to decline anyway, but also because, uh, you know, th that put a target on your back. So what happened with the government is, is a lot of people mistook theological extremism or conservatism, whatever you want to say for political. You know, most of these people oh. weren't political. Most people weren't political, but when they saw a guy with a big beard, it kind of looked scary. And they'd go to the mosque and say, who are the bad actors? Like, I don't know, but this guy looks scary. So many of them things start to happen. And then you start to be honest, to the first time I saw you, the big beard scared me too. Yeah, but I would be a scary guy if I never became Muslim. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, so, so the thing is, is uh, um, uh, scary start to get a lot of money invested by these progressive foundations, these academic institutions. They're trying to create a new Islam that is more uh, modern, more progressive, et cetera. So a lot of money was invested to create a new group of Muslim leaders kind of detached from religion and Islam more as an ethnic identity. Islam okay. is an immigrant ethnic identity. So the left reached out the hand in friendship, right? Mm. But the cost was religion. Oh, they will, oh. They, they will be your ally your friend as a ethnic group as islam is a secularized muslim identity but that doesn't include re religion so what we first saw we saw some conservative muslim actors post 9 11 who knew this but they were politically scheming right mm -hmm. and these were people that were influenced by the muslim brotherhood which has kind of real politic uh, view of things uh, but their ki their kids and this younger generation, staunchly progressive, staunchly liberal. If you look, especially uh, a lot of the women of the younger generation. So there's a generational divide too, and now there's a backlash, and there's a you know there's all different kind of things going. On. So the the Muslim community in America is diverse, it's changing. You got people on the far left, you got people on the far right, you got people from different levels of observ observance, different theological strands, just like you have within the Christianity or the Catholic community. I mean, 
in the Catholic Church, you got it all. You got people that hate the Pope. You got people that love the Pope. You know, you got, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. I got, and I got to say, like, you seem to have alienated both the far right and the far left when it comes to <laughs> Islam. <laughs> and certainly the far right and far left of Catholicism in real fond of you either. <laughs> Actually, the far left might be. But so it's, it sounds to me like what you're saying is that the, for lack of a better word, the progressivism of Islam is a bad thing. But your own politics are pretty progressive. I got to say, I, I've been... Are progressive to a certain extent. Um, first of all, I, I don't identify with the left or the right. My political foundation comes from the Islamic movement, we call it, the politics of the Islamic revival. So Islamic revival is politics. And that's a whole other topic. But basically, movements that were created uh, in the 20th century to kind of revive the strength of the Muslim world. Uh, so most of my teachers uh, did not believe in voting. They did not believe in participating in the political process at all. Uh, matter of fact, some of the people I studied with, they followed scholars who told them, don't even read the newspaper, don't even watch the news, leave it to the scholars. They call it fiqal wakil in Arabic, leave it to the scholars. If there's something important, they'll let you know. But you're you're to concentrate on worship. You're to concentrate on, on 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 your your obligations as a believer. But I was always a political. I'm pretty Catholic, if you ask me. Yeah, right, right, right. So so I was always a political animal. Like I registered to vote when I was 18 years old, up at uh, the library in Florida, you know, and and I voted, and uh, I was always political. So I used to always vote. I wouldn't like tell people, but I'd go out and vote, you know, uh, and uh, always but vote. You tell, wait, you voted in secret? Uh, not like top secret, but, you know, some people I'd tell, but like if I was around people I knew hated it, I kind of wouldn't tell them because I just didn't want to have the argument, you know, you know, they, you know, you know, uh, I mean, in the 90s, you had a lot of conspiratorial people. They'd say, oh, you voted for the Democrats. Don't you know, both parties are controlled by the Jews, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, God. So I would tell yeah. it to people that are. Um, did you ever are, buy into any of that? Did I, did I ever what? Did you ever buy into any of that? Like the anti no, no, I was never, I was never a fan of conspiracies. You know, I was never like uh, anti-Jewish conspiracies in particular were very popular in the Muslim community. So I never bought into to, to any of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I just thought, you know, you live in a society, you gotta vote. Like if you don't vote, the guy that does vote is gonna, is gonna control you. So it, it just never made any sense to me not to vote. And the reason I always voted Democrat and still do is because uh, of economics. It's of economic justice. It, that the Democrat is the party that can help working class people economically. And that's my attraction to the Democratic Party. And also issues of racial justice. So those two issues, economics and race, mm. have uh, put me on the Democratic side. Uh, but, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm a social conservative. I'm not, oh. uh, because of my religious beliefs, I cannot. Uh, uh, you know, I'll never be at home with the modern progressive movement because it's so far uh, to the left on, you know, many of these cultural issues that uh, uh, that I can't go along with. Now, you have a particularly younger generation of American Muslims. They're all in the tank. They're very far to the left on the cultural issues. Uh, but uh, I would argue that's not based on any kind of Islamic uh, knowledge or teaching or understanding that's based on the uh, uh, on the influence of, of the progressive left. So for lack of a better word, would you say you are a conservative 
Muslim when it comes to religion? Yes. So that must put you with a group that does not agree with your politics most of the time. I would think. Uh, yeah, there are very few people that agree with my politics. <laughs> <laughs>